Uh, If you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Acts chapter 8? Where's that? Here. All right. Here we go. I'll just stand real close to Bill. (laughs) I don't mind that at all. No, I don't either. (laughs) Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 8. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Listen to the words that Jesus uses, words of instruction, of vision, pictures of purpose to speak to his followers, to his disciples about their assignment as the church. I tell you the truth, if you have, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain of obstruction and of of opposition, move from here. To there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. And, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly. And the power of hell, the opposition of death, will not be able to overpower it. Humanly speaking, Jesus said, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and they will drink anything poisonous. It won't hurt them. And they will be able to place their hands on the sick, and the sick will be healed. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forward in the power of God, and passionate people have taken hold of its power and are moving forward as well. Jesus said, but I promise you this, 
The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with the power of God and you will be my messengers, my ambassadors, my emissaries to the cities throughout the region, to the nations, even to the most remote places on the planet. It was never the plan of God that his people, the church, would be an intellectual, quiet, reserved group that made quiet commentary about current events and waited silently and hidden until the return of Jesus came to rescue them from this messy world. It was the plan that the power of God would be your inheritance and that circumstances would be altered, and that lives would be transformed, that cultures, cities, nations would be improved because of the release of God's power through God's people. That was always the plan. We are preparing for our Holy Spirit conference that gets underway on Friday night, February the 21st, and goes through Saturday night the 22nd, and the two services, one in the morning and one in the evening, on Sunday the 23rd. And our theme is empowered. The word empower means that you have been given the authority. You have been given the ability to do something, to get something accomplished. Jesus said to every believer that you will be given the power of God, or as some translation says, you will be outfitted, you will be clothed with God's power when you have an encounter and keep on having encounters with the Holy Spirit, and that power will enable you to show and tell people the good news of who I am wherever you go. When you have the power of God, you have his authority. When you have the power of God, you have the ability, the insight, every resource of God to do the job you've been called to do. This story that Debbie read, the story of Philip, he's an ordinary follower of Jesus. There is no, um, no other descriptions of him other than he's Philip. He's, he He had been raised in the heat of the Jerusalem revival. He had seen the power of God demonstrated over and over and over again in his gathering together with the believers there. He had watched as people had, had been healed. He had watched as demons had been cast out. Transformation gets hold of his hometown, Jerusalem. And there's this spiritual war that erupts and goes for the control of this important capital city. And the church was making a difference, and it was growing in strength and in influence. And the powers of darkness decided that they could not allow that this to happen to a resistance. So a resistance movement began to what God was doing in and through his church. There came pushback. And, and, and this pushback wasn't just a little shove. It was, it was violent. It was angry. It, it got to the place where they killed Stephen eventually. He, he had done nothing more than confront them about their rebellion towards God. 
And as a result, there was this great wave of persecution that began that very day, and it was launched against the church. And one of the key leaders was Paul of Tarsus, who would later become, or Saul of Tarsus, who would later become Paul. And it says that he was out to destroy the church, and he was going house to house, and he would drag both men and women out of their house for no crimes greater than being devoted believers and followers of Jesus Christ. And he would take them and he would put them into prison. It, it says that, that the believers in Jerusalem were forced to flee the persecution and to go to less dangerous places in the nation looking for safety. One of these spiritual refugees from the city of Jerusalem was Philip. Not mentioned before this moment in the book of Acts. Not given the title, not described by his lineage. There was a Philip who was called. He was one of the 12 men that were called to follow Jesus. However, Luke reports that none of the apostles were forced to leave the persecution. So this is not Apostle Philip. This is not healing evangelist Philip or Bishop Philip. This is just plain old follower of Jesus, Philip, escaping the persecution of Jerusalem. And this Philip moves from Jerusalem, and he goes with purpose to the city called Samaria. It's extremely important that we read the words of this narrative carefully. Yes, the circumstances were dangerous. The objective of Saul was to destroy the church, to intimidate the zealots, to quiet the preachers and crush the influence that had been established in the city of Jerusalem. But the outcome was something quite different. Rather than intimidating or silencing anyone, Luke reports this, that despite the, the arrests, despite the threats, the imprisonment, and the danger that was present for all believers, they did not remain quiet. When they were forced from their homes, they were never silenced. The believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. And instead of confining the message to one city and silencing the voice of the church, those who followed Jesus spread the news wherever the Holy Spirit led them to go. As an emissary of God, you need to understand you are never a victim. You need to understand that you are a never a lone voice lost in the deserted wilderness saying things that are without meaning or without purpose. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring the good news to desperate people who live in dangerous circumstances. Paul is one of the men who, who dealt with more hate, more assassination attempts, more spiritual, political, religious opposition than almost anyone. But he didn't see himself as a victim. He believed, he understood that because of his call and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, that he was more than a conqueror. Listen to these words that he writes. So what does opposition really mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? 
For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold anything else he has to give. Who then would dare accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? God himself is the judge who has issued the final verdict over them, not guilty. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave us his life. And even more than that, he conquered death and is now risen, exalted, and enthroned by God. More than that, he has conquered death. And so he could possibly, so how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely No one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, for they all are impotent to hinder the omnipotent love. Yet even in the midst of these, no, they are all... Things that cause us to triumph, for God has made us to be more than conquerors. He demonstrates his love for us, gloriously giving us victory over all things. That's an amazing thing. An empowered believer walks into all sorts of circumstances, goes into all sorts of spiritual climate, and is not intimidated but understands that the king of all kings and the powerful Lord of all lords is going to make a difference in the situation through them, the empowered believer. Certainly, the gates of hell and death will not win over the purposes of God. Your call, the place that you hold, the the person, the office that you have been given to pastor, might look to be overwhelmingly defiant and opposed to to who you represent, to the message that you carry on your life, to the king that you represent, but you are empowered by God's Holy Spirit. You carry the authority of God, the ability of God, the insight of God, the resources of God to do the job that you've been called to do. So Philip arrives at this city named Samaria. He, we're not told a lot about the city, and, and, and the information that we have is not explicit. When, when, when Philip got there, he found people extremely hungry, extremely intent to hear the good news that he brought. They had not heard any of this information before, and, and they were looking for something that would bring them hope, bring them help, because apparently they lived in a city that had neither hope nor help. Philip wasn't afraid to tell the story of Jesus, but he was committed to more than telling. He understood that Jesus was more than a storyteller. He was a man of power, a man of authority, and this city needed more than a story. They needed the demonstration. They needed the release of power and of authority. And Philip was empowered by God to operate in miraculous signs and wonders. Preaching and talk is fine, and it's part of the equation, but it's not all of the equation. In and of, its own, of his own ability, 
When Philip walked down the streets of Samaria, he encountered physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional need. Empowered by God, Philip responded to whatever was needed. As a result of his walkabout, he discovered that many people were carrying passengers. Do you know what I mean by that? They, they, there, there was them, and then inside there were all these gremlin, these, these, these demonic beings that were grabbing the controls of his life. That's our way of saying that they were tormented, they were managed, controlled, owned by demons. That's a real thing here today, as it was in Philip's town and in Philip's time. I told the story just a few weeks ago of standing in line waiting for something that I had ordered and just standing in line and, and there was a number of us and there was a man over here and he was looking at me and he, his eyes were sort of squinted and, and he was looking at me and at first I thought he was trying to figure out whether he knew me or not, but no, he recognized that his boss and my boss weren't the same bosses. And I heard God say, just play with this. Start Start to pray. Start to pray in your heavenly language. Nothing louder than that. Didn't look back at him and stare and glare. But the more I prayed, the more angry this man became. And his lip sort of did that Elvis thing where it flipped up, you know? And he barred his, bared his teeth. And so I just, and I watched as he turned around and walked out of the store before he got his thing that he was in line for. People in your neighborhood carry passengers. Philip had no personal resources, had no, no ability in and of himself to do anything about that problem. However, Philip was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He carried the authority of God. He had the ability that Jesus had. God granted him insight into both the problem, what the problem was, and what the solution was to be. And every resource was available to Jesus, was available to Philip. And so the story reads this way. Crowds not only listened intently to the words of Philip, but they were eager to see the powerful demonstration of the power of God through Philip's life. Many evil spirits were cast out of individuals. You know that they were evil because as they were leaving, they screamed as they left their victim. In your world, in the world that I live, I promise you that there are people who are spiritual victims that are looking to be freed from the oppression, from the depression, from the possession that they experience every day. You might just see them as mean and cruel or sad and depressed. You might think that they don't like you or have something against you, but listen to this. Your fight is not against flesh and blood. There is a spirit that is tormenting them and recognizes the authority 
authority of Jesus in you and on you and is fighting to stay in a place of power and control. And the authority that you carry on you threatens that control. If you allow yourself to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, some people who struggle with you will encounter the authority that, that you carry, that you might have a bit of screaming, uh, you might see them have a bit of a screaming fit, but the evil spirit will leave the victim and there will be a victor where there used to be a victim and you will have caused the kingdom to powerfully go forward and advance one person at a time. You carry that authority. Holy Spirit empowers you today. In his walk around town, Philip also ran into people that were sick. And, and it's interesting how he describes the sickness that was predominantly found in that town. There was a propensity for the spirit that ruled over that town to to stop people from having the ability to move, to harm the mobility of people. There were a lot of folks that were paralyzed. They couldn't move at all. And there were a lot of people that were lame. They could move, but they could not move well. And Philip did not have a medical degree. He was not a physiotherapist. He was an ordinary man who was empowered with the authority of God, the ability of Jesus, the supernatural insight. He had every resource of heaven available to him. And the report is given clearly as a result of Philip being empowered. Many who could not move, who had difficulty, difficulty moving, were healed. You and I always are going into places, always confronting situations that are above and beyond our ability and our understanding to rectify. However, there is a word of the Lord to you this morning from Philippians chapter 4. It says this, I know what it means to lack. I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance, but I, for I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger, and I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every imaginable difficulty. The, the, the takeaway from Philip's experience is this. If God could do it through a regular person like Philip in a difficult city like Samaria, then surely he can empower you to do what needs to be done here in Calgary or in Strathmore, here and now. You need to be, I need to be, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I love this story for so many reasons. It's a story about a city. In our world... You are a city when you have 10,000 or more people living within your town's borders. It's a story about one man going into a spiritually dark city and going in alone. There's no team mentioned. There's no support that is listed. It's Philip alone going into a city and not an easy city. There's a, a great deal of unhappiness because demons have control and have worked hard to keep the city paralyzed and lame for a long period of time. 
There are things that you will be asked to do. There, there are places you will be taken that are pictures of overwhelming need and desperation. You can feel alone. You can be told by the enemy that holds the reign of that territory that you have no rights. You have no abilities. You have no authority. You are inadequate to do what needs to be done. So you might as well give up. You might as well go back home and quit. But please remember that the voice that speaks ill of God and never mentions the God-given authority that rests on your life, rests on your ministry, is a lying voice. It's incapable of ever telling the truth. His greatest fear is that you will discover the empowering authority of God in your life and that you will let loose on his territory and turn the kingdoms of this world into the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ where he can have reign forever and forever and forever and people can live in freedom. Here is Paul speaking to you. Speaking to you where you sit this morning, just before you go out into the overwhelming situation that you face, whether it's family, whether it's work, whether it's your neighborhood, whatever it is, speaking to you just before you go into your overwhelming situation, I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need that you have, for I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, through Jesus Christ. I, I, I also strongly feel that you're needed, we're needed as believers more today than we've ever been needed before. January was a pretty intensive month. For a lot of people, and it was for me. I ran into all sorts of difficulties, troubling circumstances and situations, heartbreaking stories. There, there, there are a lot of days that I felt like I had nothing to offer, nothing to give, but God was getting me ready for our Holy Spirit conference. He, he reminded me that we are sent not to be the victim of circumstance, but to transform situations. Where there is no hope, we arrive bringing hope. Where there is darkness, we introduce the light of the world. Where everything is dying, we come and we declare, let there be life. I have grown up in a strong tradition of preaching. I have heard so many great preachers and skilled teachers of the word over the course of my lifetime. And I have been helped and strengthened in my walk with God. Philip did powerfully preach Jesus to a hungry city. That's a, that is wonderful and it, may it continue to happen. May there always be strong preaching until Jesus comes. But that wasn't the whole package. It wasn't the only thing that went on. Message was married to miracle and truth illustrated by breakthrough. You and I live in an era where there is so much noise, so much disagreement, so much division that it's hard to hear the truth above all the noise, hard to make the truth heard. I believe that we are not only called to and have to be devoted to the word and its declaration, but that we need to be devoted to the miracle working of power of God. Word is not enough. Miracle is not enough. Message has to be married to miracle. The, the people of Samaria listened with great eagerness, and Philip challenged and ejected demons who left their victims screaming. Many who were paralyzed were, and lame were healed. 
I, I want to propose that it can't just be left to professional clergy to get the work done. It has to be taken up by every devoted believer and follower of Jesus. If, if there's going to be a difference made in this, this quadrant of the city, if there's going to be a difference made in the city of Strathmore, then everyone has to do their part, has to pick up their authority, has to invade the darkness and bring the light. Jesus said to you and said to me, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with the power of God and you will be my messengers, my ambassadors and emissaries to the cities throughout the region, to the nations, even to the remotest place on earth. This is not my first time telling or preaching from the eight verses of Acts chapter eight. It's a theme text of my life. From the time I started preaching in this city, my heart's prayer has been that it would be said of this city because of the visitation of God to this city that they would say there was great joy in Calgary. It illustrates the power of an empowered church unleashed, unleashed in difficult places amongst desperate and needy people. The, the, the before picture of this city was dark, demoralized place to live where evil was in control, where, where sickness kept people paralyzed and lame. One man, ordinary man, empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, comes to that city in a difficult chapter of its autobiography. He's been forced out of his hometown because of brutal persecution. But... But he is a man with a life-changing experience in God, and he is led to the spiritual, dark, desperate city called Samaria. And he hears God say, this should not be allowed to happen. This isn't what these people were created for. This isn't my plan. This isn't my purpose. And so he starts to tell people about the power, about the love of God, and then he demonstrates the power and the love of God. And the last sentence of this story is packed with hope and meaning. There was great joy in that city. You see, we are agents of change. Just like Jesus did for us, he gave us beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, light where there once was only darkness, strength where there was weakness, hope where there had been no hope. We, we go into our city, we're led by, empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring joy to people and change spiritual climate and the spiritual landscapes of families, of communities, of workplaces, and even of cities and nations. We're devoted to the Word. We're, we're devoted to, to the fellowship, to the to the gathering together of one another. To, we're devoted to prayer, but we are also devoted to the empowering of our lives by the Holy Spirit. Will you stand with me this morning, please? Lena, will you come to the, to the keys, please? I'm so excited for this month as we lead up to Holy Spirit Conference. I'm so excited because I believe with all my heart 
that we're in an exciting time. I'm not particularly a football person, and I'm really not a NFL person. But I was reading the other day and was reminded of a prophet from a decade or two back who said, listen, one of the signs that God's about to do an outpouring is that you'll see the Chiefs at the Super Bowl. Now, he didn't tell us whether they would win or not because he didn't want us taking the offering and betting it on, the, on them winning. But, but the word was this. this it, it will be a sign to you that God is calling his chiefs to the table to get us ready for the outpouring. I believe the chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Is that true? That is true? Right, who are you pulling for? Doesn't care. Doesn't care. I just know this. There's so many things. We were together with pastors from all across America and Canada this past week. And every one of them was saying, we're, we, we don't know what it is, but there's something inside us that's pretty excited. One pastor just mentioned a whole long list of healing, how, how one man was prayed for and 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 he was healed instantaneously and, and he started just telling everybody about how the blankety blank people over that blankety blank church prayed for him and blankety blankety I'm better and he thought well if that works for me then I should go to Arizona and get my, my father and he drove seven hours there and seven hours back and brought him and his father had terminal cancer and he was prayed for and is healed God's up to something. And I don't want one of you to miss what he's up to. I don't want one of you to, to be a spectator. I want you to, to carry, to wear the empowering of God's Holy Spirit on your life. I want you to come into situations that are overwhelming and, and difficulting and more than your, above your pay grade just say, Holy Spirit, you brought me here with purpose. You brought me here to do something. What is it you want me to do? And then to hear the voice. When I spoke at the offering time, obedience is everything. Obedience opens the door to breakthrough. And if you just stand and go and say and do what Holy Spirit tells you to do, we're going to see stuff happen. I'm going to ask my prayer people to come and stand.